Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Jimmy Hayes passing away at 31 years of age. Just a shame. Rod Gilbert as well. Mr. Ranger, Hockey Hall of Famer. He has passed away at 80 years old. It's Brendan Escott, Cody Jansen with you on this Monday edition of Oilers Now for your friends at Digitex. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Yes, Scott, recommendation. <laughs> the meat lovers. The meat lovers. The that, Texans football. That's a bandwagon it's, choice. It's, it, have you had it? It's, it's worthy of seats on the bandwagon. It's incredible stuff. You can't just say Mediterranean chicken. The Texan pizza itself is great. The Texans football team, I've never seen such a debacle. Uh, Canadian women's hockey team down the QE2 in Calgary. They are the host team for the Women's World Hockey Championship. Began officially on Friday. The Canadian women taking care of Finland 5-3 after a a scare to start that game. Going down 2-0 fairly early, but ultimately rallying with uh, five goals there. And then put up five goals against the uh, Russian Olympic Committee last night so they're off today are the Canadian women we will uh, watch them play Switzerland four o'clock tomorrow as we link up with our NHL insider that is John Shannon his appearance is brought to you by legacy heating and cooling pay no overtime rates on their 24 7 service repairs that's how you build a legacy legacy heating and cooling John appreciate you taking the time today how's it going great Brendan I'm Speaking to you from lovely downtown Halifax. Oh, wow. What's uh, What's got you out there? 
I am a uh, I'm playing in the uh, 37th annual Dan Gallivan Invitational Golf Tournament. And so we're uh, we're having a great day, and we dodged a Hurricane Henri, and we're having a great day. Yeah, I was going to say now the the eastern seaboard there was was going to experience its first hurricane hits, so I'm glad you guys are all right on that front. The, da- the Danny Gallivan Memorial. Um, somebody that would have called, or that Danny's would have called the games for. I maybe I maybe I'm off on my timing on that, uh, but Raj Gilbert passing away oh, at 80 yeah. years old uh, over the weekend and uh, I like to use you as sort of my hockey encyclopedia in that sense from back in the day so what do you remember about Gilbert I understand that his his leadership and ambassadorship for the Rangers franchise is is sort of unmatched well that was that was the legacy for Gilbert uh, almost after he played uh, but when you go back to the the 16 league uh, through most of the 1960s um what you saw from Gilbert uh, was he was, you know, the, the Belleville played, Belleville and those guys played for the Canadians and Mahomes played for the Maple Leafs and Howe played for Detroit. But Gilbert was that guy with Jean Rattel and Vic Hadfield uh, for the Rangers. He was a superstar on Broadway and, and really was a giant name uh, in the city of New York uh, for athletes. When you When you have that stage, with guys like Willis Reed for the Knicks and um, Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris for the Yankees and, uh, you know, all the great uh, New York Giants, Frank Gifford. Uh, Gilbert was right in that pantheon. He was he was a legend in New York. In, in, in many ways, I would tell you that um, you know, the, the, the being in sync with the retirement of Henrik Lundqvist, who was obviously a a ranger of great record and will have his number retired but but i i think ranger fans viewed gilbert in those days like ranger fans viewed henrik lundquist now that's how good he was is there any distinct moment and i i think even back to maybe the canada cup which i know he was involved in one of the teams for i think the 84 version of it uh but no he no rod was actually a, a original member of the 72 team the Summit. oh wow yeah, he that's how good a player he was. He was you know the, the teams he played for. The Rangers only went to the Stanley Cup final once and that was in 1972 losing to the Bruins in 6. Uh but Gilbert was a a, a classy prototypical uh winger who had a great shot, you know, skated elegantly uh, and played the game. It wasn't a it wasn't a chippy game that he played. He he played a finesse game of hockey and and as I said, Ranger fans just adored what Rod Gilbert was. And, and that's one of the reasons, Brendan, that he became such a, uh, uh, a legend in New York after he retired. People identified long after his playing days with Rod Gilbert. Uh, and he did so many great charitable things for the Rangers and for young people in New York. That's what made Gilbert so, so special. And interesting that a French Canadian was able to go down there at a time where I think a lot of that, you know, presence was definitely kept in Montreal. But being the Montreal-born product and going to the Big Apple and and still having that much of a successful legacy, the first number retired at Madison Square Garden by the Rangers and and that sort of thing. So uh, you know, I guess all of this is factoring. And I saw your tweet to what made him sort of the blueprint of what you would want a leader to be. I think so, and a, and a blueprint of, and an ambassador you want a player to be. You know, he was. You could always approach Roger Gilbert. You, you, he always was happy to have his picture taken. He always wanted to meet and greet with the fans. The interesting thing you talk about being a, a, a Quebecois and playing for the Rangers. Uh, he played junior hockey in Ontario. 
which is and he was you know he he started playing hockey in in junior hockey uh, in the, in the world of sponsorship before there was a draft and so he became property and played in Guelph for the Biltmars uh, and then that w- who happened to be a team owned by the New York Rangers at the time which is why he went from Guelph to Broadway Interesting. What about a final thought here? Just, you know, on his significance or importance to the team in that Summit Series in 1972. And that was a pretty significant, uh, you know, time in Canadian hockey, I would suggest. And, you know, to think that he was a part of that obviously ties him to the Canadian game even more. But, you know, we think of Paul Henderson. Was he a factor as well here? Was Gilbert? No, not near as much. Uh, He wasn't wasn't a... uh... It, it, it wasn't a, he wasn't a factor. He didn't play as many games. He did play a couple on Canadians side and before he played a couple games in Russia, but, but he, you know, he did his job and, and he was one of the guys that, you know, remember there were 34 players picked for that team and you could only dress 22. Um, so there were 12 players who were basically superstars that didn't play. Uh, and uh, Gilbert didn't grumble. Gilbert didn't complain. He knew how important it was for Canada, and he did his job. Chatting with our NHL insider, John Shannon, and we hear an update on the COVID insurance change, I suppose. For the Olympic qualifiers, it sounds like there is going to be COVID insurance provided by the IIHF for any NHL players that would be participating in these events this week. Now, the Players Association has told its members not to participate in this sort of thing, but I guess it is uh, maybe an inch in the right direction in terms of COVID participation. But I'll ask you again for the third week in a row where are we at now as the season creeps up in terms of the nhl going to beijing i'm told we're going to have a resolution before the first of september um i i I obviously the covid insurance is a major issue uh covid testing uh level of percentage of vaccinations is important uh, those are the things that are really the issue. In addition to a couple of other things that we talk about all the time, Brandon, is can we put the Olympic rings beside the NHL seal and mm-hmm. the NHL use footage, all of that type of thing. But we're supposed to have a uh, – so what's today, the 23rd? Uh, next Monday, we might be talking about a resolution, hopefully. Do you think that in that time frame we might be more likely to? Because I imagine a lot of this will go hand in hand just in terms of the league's COVID protocols and what that's going to look like at the operational level for just the National Hockey League. And then how do we parlay that, if possible, into Olympic participation as well? But are we getting closer to maybe more concrete you know, documentation or an idea of what this season will look like? I hope so. Um, you know, it's a it's a... It's a slippery slope. Um, I mean, obviously, I think the biggest issue is how the NHL and how the Players Association are going to dictate as many vaccinations to players as possible. And then, really, it's how punitive can you be to a team or a player that isn't vaccinated? And what happens when the team has to forfeit a game or a game is rescheduled? I mean, look what they've done in the National Football League. Look what they're doing in the CFL. They're very punitive for non-vaccinated teams and non-vaccinated players. That's the question I think that's going through, and that's the discussion many people are having. 
between the NHL Players Association and the NHL. And it looks like in the football situations, the accountability, the league wants to place the accountability on the team less than the individual. And I imagine that that's probably where the line has to stay drawn as we talk about, you know, one's rights and freedoms and that sort of thing. But that's right. It's pure. And and what they're trying to do is create pure peer pressure. Mm -hmm. Make it pure peer pressure. Yep. Are you discouraged in that vein by looking at what's going on with the Edmonton Elks right now and what could ultimately end up transpiring here? I, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I wonder I wonder if it's different between sports. Um, I wonder if it's um, different between organizations. Um, I just think that when you see something that's happened, uh, I mean, look at Mike Vrabel, the head coach in Tennessee, is now out for at least two weeks with COVID as well in the National Football League. You know, so all of this is, you know, we just, we're, we're not out of this yet. We're just not out yet. You know, don't think we are. And so let's, let's understand that. John Shannon is our NHL insider, and there was big news out of Arizona again for the wrong reasons again last (laughs) week. And it sounds like the Coyotes uh, will not have their lease renewed by the city of Glendale. So down this road we go again with John, um, and it's just something that I think the long-term fix and the short-term fix to this situation look very, very different timeline i mean to me the city of glendale is just putting pressure on the team right now by what they're doing but how do you view this i think you're exactly right i think they're trying to say okay listen you know you you've got to we've got to come to some uh, amenable agreement uh we've got to make sure that uh, the city gets protected this time uh, i think that i think it's 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 as blatant a negotiating ploy as i've seen in a long period of time and i you know it's to me it's one of the uh, you, you, you do think you do think that uh, something will get done because you know nobody's moving the team next summer. It's not going anywhere. You know, Alex Novello is uh, you know is the owner. He can't build a building quickly, but what he can do is try to negotiate a better deal. And I think that's exactly what he's trying to do, and I think that's what the city's trying to do. And so you believe, or, or, or let me ask you, I guess, when, when Morello took over, because it's not as if that happened this summer, and there would have probably been a long-term plan for a better location for an NHL-caliber rink, but nothing has broken ground on that front, and I think nope. that's probably an indicator of where the Coyotes are at financially, but I, I've also been led to believe that the city of Glendale doesn't have any more money than the Coyotes do right now, and so it, it's like they're both trying yeah. to squeeze each other. Uh but to make something move here, like as far as a, a longer-term solution for hockey in the desert, is the organization not going to have to pony up at some point and build themselves a home? Yes, and they're just hoping to get some, you know, they're hoping to get city city money to try to do that, whether that's in Glendale, whether that's in Tempe, whether that's somewhere else. Um, and, you know, in, in, in this day and age, just wonder if it's ever going to happen. This is just a bad game of chicken. That's all it is. It's a bad game of chicken, Brendan. <laughs> One that I can only imagine the NHL is getting very tired of. <laughs> and that's all you can say about it. You know, Reed and I have in the conversation of just how many times is this storyline in some incarnation going to come up again before Bettman just, and I don't know if he would have to be the one to sort of sign off on the team not being there, but you 
you keep here in Houston, you keep hearing where there are existing NHL-ready buildings, and now we're hearing again about the team that doesn't have the homes. So it's, it's I guess, where, where, where do we find the likelihood of a, of a move? And is it more complicated for a team to move across the border, i.e. to Quebec City? Uh, no, I, yeah, I think you can move anywhere. We, we you know, Atlanta moved to Winnipeg. Winnipeg moved to Arizona. I don't, I don't think that's an issue at all. Um, I, I don't see it coming back to Canada uh, at all. I just don't. Um, I, you know, if you said pick a city uh, right now uh, that that the team would move to, uh, Houston would obviously be the top of the list. Um, but does that mean Morello sells it to Tillman Fertitta, who owns the Houston Rockets? Or he partners with him at some point. Uh, I don't. I don't envision either guy, who have been very successful businessmen, liking to be a partner because they like to be in charge. So from that perspective, I, I just you wonder. You really wonder. Uh, you know, is this just we're gonna we're gonna have another resolution? We're gonna have another delay? We're gonna take our time and we're gonna. We're, you're, as you said, we're gonna watch this dance again for a couple more years. Who knows? <laughs> With bated breath, once again, we go around this same sun. John, thank you yep. for your time. Enjoy the rest of your trip in Halifax. All right. And uh, if anybody wants to donate money, just go to uh, just on Twitter, the Danny Gallivan Cystic Fibrosis Tournament. And it's, it's for a great cause for a disease that's very Canadian. And we can actually help make a difference. Glad to hear. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. Right. John, John Shannon, our NHL insider. And, uh, yeah, this... This this arena thing with Arizona, man. If it's going to keep coming up the way that it is, and you tune in and you listen to the the sports commentators from down there from Arizona, they it's it's almost like it's befuddling to them. And this is their beat. This is something that they've known about for a long, long time. They can't figure out why the city of Glendale houses this hockey team, and they also can't figure out why a better alternative still isn't available. So we talked about possible relocation spots, Brendan, and one of them that we didn't mention, and I dropped the ball here. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'll take full blame. Atlanta. Do we bring back the Thrashers? Can we? I mean, if they get a legitimate owner, is it possible? Hey, Arthur Blank brought Major League Soccer to Atlanta, and they were packing a 50,000-seat stadium immediately. It's not impossible. But do we keep venturing back to markets? And Kansas City would be the same thing. I know the scouts were a long, long, long time ago. But are these markets that have proven not to be functional? Does that even matter? Because Arizona's proven not to be functional at all, and the team is still there. I'd rather see them in Atlanta than Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I agree with John in that I just I I don't know about a Canadian market, and I don't know that the league is going to be very willing to take on anything that would shift the alignment of divisions right now. Don't forget, they just got to 32 teams. They just got to a spot where all the divisions are even. Everybody's basically playing in the appropriate time zone. They figured it out. The Coyotes are moving to the Central to accommodate that. 
but you can't move them to Quebec City because you're shifting who Chicago back into the West. You're shifting Detroit again. You know, there's just been so many strange divisional you know, oddities, I guess, as a result of not having the proper demographic layout that they now do. So you can't move it to the east, is what I'm saying. But I think that, and this was something I was reading on Twitter, so take it for what it's worth, but Chicago fans, they said they'd be pretty happy if they could move out west again. Like, you know, instead of playing those eastern teams, I I believe they're central standard time, I do believe. I think you're right. And so they'd be playing mostly eastern standard time, so it's not crazy. Hmm. Well, (laughs) it's all food for thought right now. It's summertime sports talk radio, and we're coming up to the end of the show, so we'll wrap it all up when we're back after this. Ryan from Calgary has texted the show to suggest Saskatoon is a potential NHL destination, and while that is definitely a place that gets pitched time and again, there's got to be some reason why it hasn't come to fruition. When you think about the history, well, good grief, this is your wheelhouse, man. Go ahead. No, I'm a Sasky guy, and I would love to see it, but come on, you can't compare NHL season ticket prices to junior prices. Yeah, sure, they've had success with the Blades, they've had success with the Rush, the Rough Riders, but we're talking about any NHL ticket prices and I mean if you're if you're commenting from Calgary Edmonton you should know how expensive those get without a doubt let's go to this day in Oilers history it's brought to you by New West Travel September 17th travel a, a private WestJet charter round trip to Vancouver with an open bar just 199 details at newwesttravel.com well, let's go back to 1983, and I got no clue where you found this, but the Oilers signed free agent forward Tom Rowe. Never played a game with the team. In fact, he was the head coach of the Hurricanes farm team when Carolina beat the Oilers in the 06 Stanley Cup final. Tom Rowe. Tom Rowe. Maybe a trivia answer to arguably yes. That, that might be the deepest dig we've ever had to do on this day in Oilers history, which is brought to you by New West Travel. Again, September 17th is when you can travel a private WestJet charter round trip down to the West Coast, Vancouver, with an open bar, just $199. Details at newwesttravel.com. Again, Reed Wilkins back in the big chair tonight uh, on Inside Sports. Some reaction from Oil Kings General Manager Kurt Hill on the passing of Caleb Reimer. He's got a press conference coming up at about 2 o'clock our time here. You will hear more on the Elks' COVID outbreak as information becomes available. Jordan Baker, who scored the winning basket for your Canadian Elite Basketball League champion Edmonton Stingers, and author and Toronto Argonauts historian Paul Woods on his book on the 1991 Grey Cup season of the Argos. Should be a good one. Again, that's Reed from 6 to 8 tomorrow. We're going to hook up with Craig Morgan out of the desert. The guy we wanted last week. We're going to hear all about the Arizona angle to this debate. See if we can make heads or tails of it. Up next to Global News, weather traffic update with Kevin Roberts and then Rob Breckenridge 2 to 3. 6.30 Chet Afternoons to follow. Jalen Nye is back. So are we tomorrow. Until then, so long. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.